1: This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom-branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide-format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want a better way to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com backslash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-7468. Hi, welcome to the Relevant You Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Benelli, and I help people and companies get back in touch with what they stand for and what they wanna be known for, transforming their careers, leadership, culture, and reputation into more energized versions of themselves so they can grow with renewed vibrancy, focus, and purpose, and make a positive difference in their work, their lives, and on society. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Relevant You podcast. I'm Tracy Benelli, your host. And today I am joined with my co-host, my husband, John.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: Hi. So, um, again, this is podcast number three. And I want to remind you a little bit about what the Relevant You podcast is about. Um, At its heart, it is about showing up in the world. How do you want to show up? How do you want your company to show up? How do you want your leadership to show up? Um, How do you personally want to show up in the world? And the focus is about relevancy, but not in the mechanics of it. Because at the heart of relevancy, it's really, it's what you stand for and what you want to be known for. And that's what we're going to break down a little bit more today. I've been having some really interesting conversations with my clients and with former colleagues and other friends about showing up in the world right now? And what does it mean to show up authentically? And for companies that are building their their brand, that are building their competitive um, presence in the marketplace, that are bringing products and services, coming out of COVID and wondering is what we have, do we need to shift it? Do we need to adjust it? Um, We've got employees coming back to work. What do we want the culture to be like? Has the product and the way that the product or the service, has how it's been used, does that need to shift? Because we went through this massive, unexpected shift uh, 15, 16 months ago with the pandemic, and the way that people did work, and the way that people showed up for each other, and the way that companies showed up for their clients and their services, there were little minor shifts, and there were some major shifts, and now there's another shift happening, and so I've been getting the question of, well, what does relevancy mean in this most recent shift? What does it mean to show up? How do we show up uh, for each other, Uh, understanding what everybody just went through and how they're processing it? How do we show up for our clients and our customers, understanding What they went through and how they're processing it. And now, this economy that is moving really, really fast and that is booming. um, How do we take advantage of all of that? And with all of the new businesses that are coming online, with all of the businesses that are expanding, with all of the businesses that are adjusting, what does it mean to show up? What does it mean to be relevant in order to find your sweet spot and to find your audience? So, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And I think it's a very important subject. And I was talking about this earlier over coffee with my husband, with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was explaining to you, I just am coming off of a really big project for a well-known tech company in Canada. And they're going through three things right now simultaneously. They're going through a CEO change they are going through a cultural shift, and they are going through a reputation shift. And all of that has to do with relevancy. And um, I worked with them for six months, and we started with culture. What do you stand for? In this changing world, what do you stand for? And how do you want to show up for each other? How do you want to show up for your customers and clients? That then directly fuels what do you want to be known for? How do you want to show up in the world? How do you want to show up in terms of being viewed against a competitor in your market space? And then it also directly shows, I mean, it it directly informs how do you show up as a leader? How do you model this? Um, And it was a fascinating project to do because it started out as simply a, well, I think we need to look at our values. So we've had this set of values for nine years. It's not resonating anymore. We're having some challenges. Um, a lot of the pain points that they were able to ignore when they were all in the office together became painfully evident when everybody was working remotely. And so now that we're coming back into the um, office together, let's reexamine how we show up for each other. Let's re-examine our culture and who we want to be. But what it actually came down to was getting back to the essence of this company, the heartbeat of this company. And then from there, developing guiding principles that the company would then follow to help inform and fuel their growth, help inform and fuel their relationships, and then applying that to their reputation. And so the way that I explained it to them, because this is work, that they hadn't done before. And I think that this is really pertinent for right now is when you think about culture and reputation, they're they're intertwined. You can't have a really healthy culture and have a healthy reputation. You can't fake a healthy reputation and then have a crap culture. You need to have both. because they directly impact the quality of the product or the service that you're bringing to market. And your customers and your clients will know it. They'll feel it. They'll either feel it in the the quality of the product, the outcome of the product, or they'll feel it in how they interact with you as a company, with your employees, with your leadership. So they're intertwined. And a lot of people, they wanna do a really hard dividing line between the two. We have so much work to do. We're gonna get heads down We've got tasks, we have objectives, we have OKRs, you know, what's the objective, what's the key result, we have metrics, we have all of these things that need to be checked off and they lose why they're doing it in the first place, that essence. And so the first thing that starts with relevancy, particularly in this changing world, particularly with getting back to, well, we haven't not been at work, but getting back to working differently and yet the way that we were getting back to how we engage with each other then the story that we're telling about ourselves outside of the company that's fueling our reputation and how that reputation then um, defines the authenticity of how we're showing up it defines what we want to be known for it all starts with what we stand for and how we're interacting and so that's the essence. That is the essence of a company. And it's the essence of leadership. So it's getting back to that heartbeat. What do you believe to be true? What do you believe to be true about the people that you want to hire? And, and what kind of people? And, and not just a skill set, but a quality about them. You know, their interest, their vivaciousness, their, the passion that they bring. Too often we're filling a role, looking for somebody with a skill set, but they're also bringing a personality. They are also bringing a sense of energy. They are also bringing a belief set about their ability to contribute and make a difference. And so as a company, if you are clear on this is the kind of culture that we want to build, this is how we show up for each other, this is how we grow together... Here's the kind of energy that we're looking. This is the point of view. It's not a political point of view. It's nothing like that that can be very polarizing and sometimes it's deeply personal. It's the point of view about making a difference. It's the point of view about bringing your best. It's the point of view about helping your colleagues and your coworkers be the best that they can and then helping your customers and your clients get the results that they want. It's an attitude plus a skill set. So that's essence, right, discovering essence, and then articulating that into guiding principles, not just values, which are words, very important words, but I got to tell you, words do not translate internationally, and they don't always translate personally, Um, and so it's guiding principles, which is being able to articulate, well, this is what we believe, and this is what we're aiming for, and here's how we want to show up, and here's the guidance that we see without it becoming so legal that people aren't able to show up as themselves. but instead, you give them guardrails so that they not only show up as themselves, but they know how to work together. And and in that working together, how to encourage each other to go farther, to bring better. Um, It's the old iron sharpens iron uh, philosophy, that good together, sharpens each other to great, right? You are supporting each other. You're not trying to outshine one another. And this seems to be a trend that more and more companies are adopting because they realize the truth of it. They realize the power of that. And so that's essence. But then on the other side of essence is presence. And presence is reputation. What do you want to be known for? So it's taking the essence of what do you believe to be true? How are you going to show up to each other? How are you going to show up for your clients and your customers? But then presence is how do you dress that up and show up in public in an authentic manner? And that's reputation. And it's also brand. Um, So they go together, and they are two sides of the same coin, which is the coin of perception. And that perception is, how do you perceive your own value? How do you perceive the value of those people you're working with? How do you perceive the value of the work that you're bringing? And through that, how then will your customers and your clients experience you individually, corporately as a company? Because experience defines value. Right, so how somebody perceives what they experience will then define the value that they that they believe that they got. So essence and presence they go together. They are two sides of the same coin of perception. And in order to compete, in order to show up fully, in order to rise above all of the other companies, all of the other ideas that are all making noise to be heard, you got to get really clear on what you stand for and what you want to be known for. The essence of your leadership, the essence of the company that you are building, the essence of the company that that you want to take further and greater, the essence of the culture that it's going to take the essence of the people that are part that make up that culture. And then when that's defined, what's the presence? How does that essence show up in the world? What's the presence of it? So that's what my husband and I were chatting about. That's what we were chatting about this morning over coffee. And one of the things I was really looking forward to talking with my husband, with you. I'm still getting used to this podcast thing where I'm not talking about a third person, <laughs> and I'm looking straight at you. But um, you guys don't know this yet, because we haven't really gone into John's background, but John had his own graphic design studio for nearly 30 years, and it was it was pretty great. It was a really, really outstanding graphic design studio. How many, You won so many type director's awards, and you won a couple of creative arts awards, and I don't remember how many art director awards over the years, but it's a lot, and your work was shown in some international shows, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty great career, and so I wanted to chat with you about your thoughts on presence, and you know, what's that role in in defining how an essence, right, how a culture, how a What a company believes in how does that impact their brand
0: yeah so um as we were uh, talking about that i i thought about a couple of things one was uh, of course um, how you show up and what your core values are and one thing that i always made sure uh, when i was the boss when i was running uh, the business was that if you were authentic And you knew what your purpose was; that the rest of it fell into place. So there was there was no um, so those guardrails were up for me and uh, for my business. It was always about the quality of the creative, exactly what uh, we produced for a brand or an annual report or advertising campaign. It was always about the authenticity of that voice. And so for me, there was, it was always clear. There was never an outside agenda of I'm trying to make some political statement about, you know, what we do as a business or what we do um, for our clients. It was it was pure um, creative expression of selling their products um, and interpreting that um, through uh, their message. So... It it always seemed super clear to me, and when you began helping people um, through these cri- these uh, crisis of um, identity and you know who are we and what do we do and you know who's who's leading and why are they leading, it was it always struck me as such a um, simple question to answer. It's like, well, if you know your purpose, then everything else will. Come from that, and um, the more that you helped companies, the more I realized that a lot of people get lost in the weeds. They don't, they don't remember what their um, core values are. They don't remember what their purpose is. And so, um, so I'm fascinated by uh, the process that you take people through as they lose their way. So, so for me, it was it was that clear. It was I was. Regardless of, you know, the politics or business or um, gossip, which is huge in business, I mean, there's so much gossip that goes on. I remember a couple of stories from, you know, when we were just uh, creating our best work and we were, uh, you know, out there and people knew um, the name of the business and they knew the quality of the work. How much undermining and gossip went on in the industry when people felt threatened and people always felt threatened because, you know, the, ch- the chance to do work for a certain clients, if they choose you because of your work, then they're, um, um, then they're, you know, selecting you and it's not based on, you know, some hearsay or somebody's idea about, you know, why you should choose somebody. So I know that's a, that's a little bit off the beaten path, but it—that's the way I think. You know, I, I go, I go into the rabbit holes and and try to um, find my way back out through a different rabbit hole to bring that story together. Um, so that that's kind of, you know, how I how I would deal with that.
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing that's really that you bring up that's interesting is a lot of times we think that in order to compete that we need to compare ourselves to our competitors. And we see somebody that resonates with us. So we think that their idea is really great. Or we like the way they phrase something. Or we love the color choices. Or we think that the way the company is talking about themselves is the way that everybody in that industry should talk about themselves. And what that actually does is you dilute your own authenticity. by Because you're trying to be something you're not you're trying to be you're taking on the attributes and the attitudes and the language even the visuals of a competitor or if they're not in your industry let's say let's say you're in the food and beverage industry and you really really like the way um, a cosmetics company talks about their values or their company or their leadership or their business philosophy and and so you take on that verbiage yourself. It's There's one thing to be inspired by another company or another person, and there's another thing to try to emulate them. And what happens particularly, and I've noticed this as the Internet has taken hold, as social media has taken hold, as access has become wider and less selective because of the magic and the... Wonder of the internet, at the same time, the curse of the internet, always on. You can go as wide and deep as you want. Um, What happens is you lose yourself, you lose your essence, you lose your why, Um, and you start taking on the attributes of somebody else. And it's like I said in the first episode when you lose your relevancy to yourself, you lose your relevancy to your audience because they don't know then who you are. They don't know what you stand for. They don't know what you do best because you are taking on the language or the attributes of a competitor or somebody that you admire. And then you subconsciously, sometimes consciously start taking on their language and it doesn't resonate with you any longer because it's not yours. Um, And so your presence starts becoming diluted because you're denying your own essence, right? You're denying what you stand for taking on some oh wow that was great i had another client recently who really really admires the guiding principles and the philosophies of patagonia now they're not in outdoor wear at all but they've been followed they've been following patagonia as long as they've been receiving those catalogs and reading the letters from the ceo and reading you know about what the company stands for and how the company wants to make a difference and they started saying, well, that's us. You, know, We want to do the same thing. We want to leave the world a better place and a cleaner place and a brighter place. Except they do it differently, right? They are in technology. They are in healthcare technology. But they started using the same language as Patagonia. And it's like, yeah, but you... you You're in healthcare technology. You leave the world a brighter brighter place, a better place by helping people get healthy. So you don't have to take on the language of Patagonia. You can be inspired by their dedication to remaining true to what they believe. You can apply that to yourself. And then that comes back to what do you stand for? And are you willing to actually stand for it? Because there's a lot of times, and I've struggled with this when I started my company, Hiding behind what I think people want me to be rather than being true to who I am. And I've seen this in a lot of companies uh, that I have led a global reputation for and that I've consulted to as, and, um, and other companies that I've just enjoyed following. But over my 30 years of doing this, I see this happen time and time and time and time again. It's very, very common. And so we ask ourselves, I've had a lot of CEOs and CMOs say, well, we're doing this really good work and, um, and our growth, we're seeing growth in revenue, but we're stagnating in terms of awareness. We're stagnating in terms of loyalty. We're stagnating in terms of attracting the best talent. And I'll ask them, I said, but are you, are you really clear on who you are? Are you really clear on what you stand for? oh, yeah, we talk about it all the time. It's like, yeah, but do you talk about it up front or do you talk about it in the back office? Because if you're going to be authentic, you do need to be courageous and you need to trust that you know who you are and that is just fine. It's better than fine. It's outstanding. Do you believe that you are outstanding? And I'm not talking the ego way. I'm not talking the boastful way. I'm not talking the humble brag way or the... Bodacious, audacious Bradway. I am talking that essence of what you believe to be true and how that informs what you stand for and how that informs why you do what you do and how that informs what you want to be known for. That is that's telling the truth, right That is just telling the truth and letting it stand on its own because it's good and you're delivering on it, right? That's where I think presence gets diluted, is because people lose sense of their essence. And I know for you, through our marriage, through our, what are we, 36 years together, through all of this and through the work that you've done, you're one of those rare people who you're so clear on what you stand for, and you're so clear on what you want to be known for, it is breathing air to you. There's never any question. You don't doubt it at all. You don't try to be something or someone else, and you don't, your company never did. Your graphic design company, when it was going, it never did. When people came to Benelli Design, they knew the design philosophy. They they knew your talent. They knew the quality of your work, the cutting edge of your work. They knew that it was going to be exceptional. They knew all the awards that you were winning every year for your, you know, on behalf of the work you're doing for your clients, but they also knew the way that you were going to show up. You never deviated from that. Um, I And that's rare, actually. And I think more companies and more leaders want to get to that because it's really, it takes a lot of work to be false. You know, it's exhausting to try to be something you're not because you think, that what somebody else has is better than what you have, so I need to show up as them. I'm like, no, you don't. It goes back to what I was saying in the first episode. Everybody has value. I mean, that includes that includes you know people who have ideas and companies that they found and leader. Everybody has value. Everybody brings value, and it's learning to trust that. But we talk ourselves out of it a lot. At any level, I, I work with CEOs who talk themselves out of the value that they bring, the unique spark that they bring, I, I, all the way, you know, all the way to folks that come to me to help them rethink their career. And we talk ourselves out of our own value, out of out of our own relevancy.
0: Yeah, as you were talking about that, I I think um, what happens most of the time for people and it certainly happened to me many times in my career as well you know it wasn't a seamless uh, march to victory and you know all the trophies and everything it was it was ups and downs and I think most of the time when we let fear uncertainty and doubt start to uh, leak into uh, what we know to be true And what we know is the right thing to do we start second guessing and i think that's part of um, what the relevant you brings is to address each one of those areas so that um, people and companies can move forward with their um, their best um, self and their and their best product and their best um, authenticity so um, i i know you know because I mean, we all start with fear if something goes wrong. It's like, oh, my God, you know, I got to be safe. And, you know, when you, if you get over that initial feeling, then you have that, um, that uh, unsettling area of uncertainty. So am I right? Am I wrong? Is this information correct? Is it not correct? And now you're balancing two different truths and you're not sure which way to go, and then you you know, you know drop right into doubt, like you throw your hands up, I don't know what to do. And I think when, when you were talking about the, one of the clients that you had that was the international client, I mean, they certainly went through that. And once they got to doubt, then they started asking everybody in the company, you know, what's the truth? And nobody could answer it because they didn't have – a program or a plan that you put them through. So you systematically took apart, first of all, you took apart the fear, then you helped them navigate uncertainty, and then you neutralized the doubt for them. And and they were able to see then what their actual um, purpose was and how they could move forward and get everybody on the same page.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um And I think that you hit on a really good point, is that if you don't know, you need to find out. And finding out, what we tend to do is we tend to ask others for their opinions. But opinions are not facts. Opinions are just opinions. Where an opinion becomes fact is data. You need data. You need both anecdotal and you need qualitative and quantitative. You need both. Because you need the hard black and white coupled with nuance. And opinion isn't going to do it. right? And we too often settle for opinion. Well what do you think? What do you think? Oh, that's a great place to start. But then you've got to find the data. because opinion is just opinion without data. With data, it, can, it becomes an actionable fact. It becomes something that can inform decisions. So, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's all really important. So, you know, in sum what I want to summarize today's episode with about essence and presence is I want to summarize for you again that essence is the heart and soul. It's the heart and soul of a company. It's a heart and soul of a culture. It's the heart and soul of leadership. It's the heart and soul of the individual. It's essence. It's what is the essence of that company, that culture, that leadership philosophy, that, those individuals that work there that make up the culture, that create the experiences and the solutions for customers and clients that show up in the world. So you got to get to essence. you got to get back to your truth. And then you'll be very clear on your presence, how you want to show up in the world. And then it becomes authentic becomes a sweet spot you're not having to try so hard your competitive advantage becomes natural your ability to make a difference becomes effortless because you know who you are and you know what you do and you know why you do it you're back to essence right it it just it sounds so simple but we get lost in this world of comparison And it's so important to say, wait, who am I comparing myself to? Let me stop for a moment. Let's stop with that. Let me get back to my truth. Let me get back to the truth of what I believe to be true, which informs what I stand for. And then I can be very clear on articulating what I wanna be known for and create the strategies and the plans to go achieve that. So that's, and all of that, that's relevancy, my friends. That's relevancy, and that's resonance. Um, well so, said. Well said. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a great place to uh, to stop today. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So everybody, thank you. Thank you so much for listening, um, and for sticking with us. The joys of podcasts, especially if you've never done one before, uh, is yeah, At the beginning, you're working the kinks out. Maybe you may be working the kinks out the whole way, but thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here and listening. I still don't have my website up. <laughs> Shh,
0: sh- so, yeah, doing a podcast is like singing in the shower.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's super. It, it sounds so good when you're in there. <laughs> I'm hoping it
1: sounds good now. <laughs>
0: Anyway, <laughs> thank, thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, uh, you know where to reach us.
1: Uh, yeah, if you have any questions, and like I was saying, I still don't have my website up. I do have it as a priority. i got to get to it. But um, you can reach me at hello at com. And, uh, again, thank you so much. And you can, and please, you know, recommend this to Uh, any of your friends or colleagues that are struggling with getting back to, well, getting back to the spark, getting back to that energy. And now, as the world gets back, I'm so tired of the new normal. I'm just so tired of that term. But it gets back to, let's say, a refreshed way of going about business um, and figuring out how you want to show up um, with these other shifts that are taking place of getting back to business. Um, yeah. Talk to them about essence and presence. And if you need any help, if you want to learn more, reach out to me at hello at the relevant you. So again, thank you so much. Hopefully by podcast four, I'll have my website up. (laughs) (laughs) Guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Um, so I hope you guys have a beautiful day and, um, We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Take care.
1: Well, you've made it to the outro, and I'm really, really glad that you stayed with it and that you stuck around for the conversation. And I'm really grateful as well, and I hope that you'll come back next week. Um, But in the meantime, if you've got any questions, please go to therelevantyou.com. And be sure to like this podcast on all of the major platforms. I'd really appreciate it. And I look forward to talking with you again really soon. Bye.